stereotypes keep things out of the too hard, don't care bucket. They're not even necessarily addicted. They, they just have nothing interesting about them. Oh, those aren't real tacos. Yeah, and you're not really invited, so... I have watched their views on all the other things fall into step with everyone else in that culture. And it's like, you're not thinking for yourself anymore. Philosophers. Philosophers. So, David, what are we talking about today? Well, we had a, we had a fun idea for a did. topic. Things with cultures that don't need them. True. <laughs> Everything's got a culture these days. Right. And why? And why? Yeah. I don't know if we're going to be able to answer why. We'll try. We'll Maybe. try. Yeah. No, we're going to definitively come up with the truth as to <laughs> the why. The truth. As we do on this show. Yes. <laughs> we are the source of truth. You can trust us. You can trust us. Source, trust me, bro. <laughs> Lol. Here's my proof. It just a piece of paper says I'm right. I'm right. Yeah. By the way, um, I guess we talked a lot about culture in the abstract. I guess more philosophical sense. Yes. Um, so I guess a quick primer for those who maybe don't know what we mean when we say culture and what what you should think about when you think of the word culture what is culture david i would say culture is like the the aggregate of all the social interactions within a group yeah i think the oxford language dictionary actually has an interesting definition of culture here um although this is limited i suppose um, but it says the customs, arts, arts, social institutions, and achievements, weirdly, of a particular nation, people, or other social group. Um, I think the term I remember hearing in school growing up was that it, it, it's the sum of the, it, it, it's a unique combination of characteristics used to identify a group of people. It's not, so, it's not just one of the things, it's all of the things together that makes that a culture. There's that, I think. The closest thing to what we're talking about, I think, I'm looking at the American Heritage Dictionary definition 1C, the set of predominating attitudes and behavior that characterize a group or organization. Right. And I would argue that in order for it to be a proper culture in a way, it needs to, this should happen, uh, but it, it would propagate generationally, like typically for like first class cultures you know of people like if i say if i were to say the ancient egyptian culture i know there's probably a bunch of archaeologists and anthropologists out there reeing into their microphones which ancient egyptian culture me the one everyone thinks pyramids that's the one the pyramid that culture, one yes that one yeah um drawing pictures and calling it words you know like that that you know um we, we all, before we get schooled by uh archaeologist or or whatever that tells us that those were two completely different ages within egypt which is entirely possible care <laughs> but 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 here's the thing like if i were to say to you to the to any random person hey what are things about egyptian culture those are going to be the things they think about pyramids funny drawings they called words and stories and cats cats um anubis just the word Anubis yes, for some reason. Not even knowing what that is. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Jackal-headed people, bird-headed people, 
because those were like some of the big depictions of their gods even though like you know um papyrus <laughs> writing on papyrus i guess even though what's the pictures on the wall for you know in that case but like these are the deserts they, they think of these things right um if especially if they don't know a ton about it but that's the whole point it, i think by us even talking about a culture is it, it serves a dual purpose it, it, it well, has that's our cultural meme of egypt Correct, but but I think this is the thing about cultures that make them interesting is that they, they do serve a dual purpose. There's this rich combination of things that are obvious to the people within the culture, but they also throw off these high-level stereotypes that, on the one hand, I think it's become very fashionable these days to go around and correct everybody on, but they're doing their job. The fact that I The fact that the average American probably can tell you those things and knows that Egyptian culture is a thing is way more powerful than if I said, what is Myanmar culture? You, most of people would be like, what are you talking? Where? What? Yeah. What's a, what's a Myanmar? What's Nepalese culture? Right. And they're like nipple. What? You know, like they, they, they wouldn't know. And, but that, right, that, yeah, if we, if we, if way back in the day when these memes became part of our culture, um, we were all very concerned with not portraying things in terms of stereotypes like, we just wouldn't know anything about Egypt today. Like, okay, we would know about Egypt, obviously. But, yeah, it would be just as abstract as any other foreign country. Stereotypes keep things out of the too hard, don't care bucket. Which is surprisingly big for humans. Um, right. The, I've never heard of that before. And the, like, this is my everyday life and it's inconsequential to me. Or, like, you know, it's so ordinary that I don't care. I exactly. Like, don't be wrong. Some of the advancements made by ancient Egyptians... Uh, do affect us today mm -hmm. but we don't remember them for those things even though we still inherited things because they've gone through iterations and improvements to today but the fact that we even bother remembering them is shows the power of that culture and it's and it's impression it left on people and and i guess in a geopolitical sense culture can be influential as well you know um I think Austria is one of the best examples of having pulled this off in history of just being so culturally dominating at certain points in their time with their music, with their what they considered to be proper and things like that, that it really impressed a lot of parts of Europe at one point. And this is a country that didn't have a very powerful military, was fractured. Um, you know, it had subcultures that were very strong, Germanic elements, non-Germanic, you know, Slavic elements. But the fact that they could balance those own those subcultures internally and then present a unified culture to the the rest of Europe just really goes to show that that's what kept them in the game. That's why they were like a key player in the um was it the Conference of Vienna, the Congress of Vienna, you know, at the end of mm -hmm. the Napoleonic era. That that's why. It wasn't because their army did the most work or anything like that. They, their influence and their culture just made them a big player in a large way i think mm -hmm. i'm grossly oversimplifying it probably so now all of the european historians are getting their glasses on and actually me and reading um if you care that much make your own stupid podcast about it i don't care um i'm not gonna watch it anyway um but yeah so that's not what we're talking about that's that's not what we're talking about um although that word culture gets used for these things um I'm looking at the list of these and I think I want to start with local culture because that's yeah. the one that is closest to true culture. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it is. 
And it's also the one that I think is going to rile some people up the most initially anyway. So I think the meme that is the most hilarious that we were discussing about this topic that really highlights local culture is um, you, your place ain't special, you know? Um, right. Everyone thinks that their city has all kinds of things about it that make it special and that's the things that they remember about home whenever they go on vacation or whatever. Um, or when, when anyone says, oh, I'm thinking about visiting your city. Okay, you tell them about all these things. They're, these are so special. Um, but the fact is that like almost every city has these things. Yeah. Um, especially especially in North America. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, especially in a first <laughs> world country. Um but like there's no shortage of youtube videos about if you're gonna visit new york here's some new york slang here's how new yorkers eat pizza here's what a new york subway sandwich is like here's what the new york subway system is like it's unique even though it's not you know but but to the people who live there it, it has one of two of i guess the strongest biases there are um, me bias. I live here, ergo important. Right. This is special because I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. And then B, um, because I'm a part of something bigger than me that is world known, or at least in my head, because of the first bias, I think everybody knows about it. And in some cases, this is more true than others. Like New Yorkers love to talk about New York. You know, people in Tokyo, Japan talk about Tokyo that way. Like big city culture would be like this, where they do know that people know about their place it feeds into the other idea that it's so cool and everyone wants to know about it. And because it is a common tourist destination, there's kind of a little bit of reinforcement to that mentality. Um, but again, this is, a, it's especially a thing like here in North America, the United States and Canada. Um, it's like, okay, someone from Tokyo could also say there probably are things about Tokyo that aren't as unique as people who live there think it is. But at least to like a foreign visitor, it is because Japan is so different from other places. Right. So you're just going to get a lot of different things just because you're going to Japan. I think one of the biggest things about this, though, that I love when people get into it are accents. Mm. That is one of the biggest things that will have people talking for hours about nothing, um, really, uh, of substance. And it's hilarious to me as well to watch people change the way they speak as soon as you bring up an accent. Mm -hmm. And you, no one can listen to someone else talk about someone else's accent without chiming in about their accent. Accents and words and slang that are used, words that are used differently in X place or slang words and how, yeah, we're quirky and weird like that. This is a word we use. You know, you, you'll hear Southern people say fixins a lot, you know, so we, you know, we're kind of quirky like Yeah, that. you Yankees don't know what a fixin is. Right. And, <laughs> and, and it's, it, oh, dude, I hate it. I actually hate it. I, I, I unironically hate it and also realize that it's very, very powerful because I, okay, so full disclosure, I watched a video this week about Appalachian people, which mm. is a local cultural group, and I may or may not have relatives that are from different mountains. That's as specific as I'm going to get. And I was curious to see is hill is, this, is hillbilly yeah. culture a thing? A thing like and or is it or does it depend on which hills? <laughs> right. Like how 
synonymous is it? Yes. And where does it come from? Scottish Irish, Scott Irish settlers is the main answer there, which is why most bluegrass features instruments that are not in, you know, indigenous, but come from a place, you know. Um, but that's not the point. It, but it was just really interesting that I was even caught up in it. And on the one hand, it's like, wow, this makes me feel more like a belonging sense to this group or to know that this has a heritage to me. But it is so easy to take that and go, huh, I'm special. You know, like it's so easy to move from this is a unique, interesting thing, or a more unique or interesting thing that is a bit different than the norm. That's the key word, uh, the norm. Whatever that is. Whatever that means. And oh, I'm special. You right. Know? These are my people. These are my, my people. <laughs> Let me sing you the song of my people. You know, I just play bluegrass. Um, <laughs> just play bluegrass and talk like an idiot. Um <laughs> So yeah, so that's that's part of it, um, but it goes, I think, much deeper than that. And we have a list of things. So, do you have any other things you want to harp on local culture about beyond get over yourself? You're not that special, you know. And uh, everybody has, if everybody's special, no one is, and everybody thinks their culture, their their locale is special, and their, you know, local history is special. When in reality, it's not that important. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, no, no one, no one, no one else thinks that you're like town's special rock that Jimmy, the town hero, once stood upon. That no one cares. Um, <laughs> now that being said, I don't necessarily. I I do actually feel for the local historical society people that want to preserve. I, I'm all for preserving knowledge. Sure, that's fine. To be fair, that is okay. Which okay, so I'm gonna leave it here. This is the most acceptable wannabe full-on culture thing on this list this is the closest one that might get a pass depending on how much of a jerk you are about it um but people's attitudes like if, if i had to choose between giving up people making crap tons of content and not shutting up about their accents but i would lose local historical societies i could see him go it'd be okay like i'm fine let that one historical building on the historical registry burn down but again like but your history probably isn't that special either. Like, so no. places will go on about, oh, there's like, oh, our place has lots of Civil War history. Cool. You and everywhere else in the South. Yes. Like, <laughs> there's also a lot of other history that I'm not seeing in this museum, weirdly, kind of left absent. Yeah. Details. Details. Small yeah. details. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is your thought on people's, because I, 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 I can already hear someone in the back of my head that would, that has like an issue with this. And that is this it is important for us to preserve these things, especially the good things that were done because that is what incentivizes people today to do things today so that they can live their life and die knowing that if they do good enough, they will leave a like there's going to be a handful of people in an old building 200 years from now talking about the rock okay. that you stood on to avoid Turning into our previous episode about legacies. Um, that was our last episode. No, it wasn't our last episode. Oh, okay. Was... No, 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 no. Just a prior episode. It's been uh, a long time. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, yeah, the that is a motivation, but I don't know. I think, I think it's, a, okay, it has parallels to me with, like, copyright, actually. 
Hmm. And because copy the justification for copyright also is that it encourages artists to do things they otherwise wouldn't. But like artists were making things for millennia before copyright existed. No one cared. Um, like, and do you really think that like the people who wrote all the great, you know, classical works or not, not classical, I mean the classics, um, that we all appreciate today just wouldn't have if they didn't get to have a copyright over it. So, and I, I feel like the same thing is, is true of people who have great legacies. It's like, do you really think that they wouldn't have done that if they, if they didn't think that we would still be celebrating them today? Like, I think that the real reward that is to be gained from doing something great like that is being appreciated while you're alive. Yeah. Um, and knowing that the people you care about today will remember you. I don't care what anyone thinks about me 200 years from now because I'm going to be dead. Right. Probably. Probably. Um, Hope not. But I do care about what my friends and family think about me and maybe even what my local community thinks about me if I'm going to do something particularly special. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, no, I don't care if I get a museum exhibit after me because I don't know any of those people. Also, how frequent is it that one of the marks of a cultural hero or a folk hero is that they didn't do it for the praise? Right. And that's what makes them somehow more deserving of it, right? From the argument Right, it's just like the most noble way to give a donation is to do it anonymously, right? Yes. Like, yeah, we respect people who are willing to uh, be selfless in that way and not selfless all the way to the point of not even wanting recognition for what they did. Yeah, just for because they wanted to do it, and because it is good. Yes, like that's people characterize that as good for goodness' sake. Yeah, is a is a very powerful meme in our culture. Yeah, yeah, and that's a uh, you know how a lot of people will define things like character and uh, what's the other integrity. That's it, integrity. Yeah, having a lot of integrity, doing the right thing when no one's looking. Yeah, I I think that's present in a lot of cultures. I would hope. Um, I think so. Probably. Yeah. And I mean, generally speaking, I, if that is a meme that a lot, enough people buy into that, that just generally, I think produces a better society. I think that is a good meme to have. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, these types of things, not good enough to justify keeping just because, well, we won't have people wanting to be folk heroes in the future. It's like, well, any good folk hero didn't need a roadmap to be a folk hero. And that's often why we view them as such. And you can preserve the history without being a douche. So <laughs> let me leave it there. So there's the one that maybe gets a pass. Maybe. Maybe. So let's go down this list. Which one do you want to go to next? Well, I think the the most adjacent to this that has maybe the most reason to get a pass is religious culture. Okay. So religion is a very broad category but the biggest religions at least well no i'm I'm gonna say all religions have like a canon of some sort sure um it may not be like a properly written and codified canon but there is some sort of canon to the religion um and that is going to inform a culture um if you have a group of people who all agree about a certain set of beliefs that is going to create a culture yeah Weird adjacency to this. Um, when the I forget what entity it was, it may have been NEMA or someone like or the NRCC or something like that. Or the NRC, yeah, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission 
okay. or something like that. I, I don't remember. It was some government body that had to do with nuclear waste. Mm-hmm. That's the most important part you need to know. They were talking about if we were to build a vault with all this nuclear waste, it's going to be dangerous for a long, long time. And so how do we tell people 200 years from now that this is dangerous? Because radiation is particularly pernicious in the way that it's you don't know it's dangerous until it's way too late. Right. By the time you realize that you've been exposed to radiation, you are already dead. Right. And this is what prompted some research into why we use the symbols we use for to, to talk about nuclear hazards and biological hazards. I think most people know what the symbol for like nuclear stuff is. It's the circle with like the three planes around it. Um, yeah, the... Um... I forget the name of the specific the specific name of the symbol, but I think you know what I'm talking about if you're yeah. listening to this. And the one you may not know, but you probably have seen if you've ever been to a doctor's office, is the symbol for like biological contaminants. Yeah. Biohazard. Biohazards, yeah. yeah. Uh, it looks similar, um, kind of. It has kind three of. outcroppings. It spookier. It's spookier, yeah. Um, but yeah, they were designed to be spooky. That, that was a factor right, in... And they're, they're always accompanied with scary colors as well. Yes. Um yeah, for for nuclear hazard or like radiation hazard, you have the bright yellow with the uh, the black shape, and then for biohazard, usually red or yes. orange. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were designed on purpose so that even if you didn't know what that symbol meant, you got an mm, uneasy this is important. feeling. Someone put this here in a very visible way to yeah. tell me something. Yeah, <laughs> and also more importantly, because we do this for fire too. But you know what the symbol for fire is? Fire. A little fire, because it, most people have seen that before. So they're like, oh, I know what a fire is. Right, but we don't have a symbol. Like no one, people haven't seen a virus. Right, I, probably. I, I have not seen a radiation. Well, you have actually, but you didn't know that's what it was. Yes. Um, yeah, actually, everything you've ever seen has been radiation because that's how light works. But anyway, <laughs> not the point. <laughs> so. They were made to look scary. But a part of this whole discussion, back to the topic, this does connect, I swear. Um, one thing that was kicked around as an idea was to start a religion about radiation. A religion, okay. Because religions do things... Religions seem to propagate in basic concepts very well throughout very long periods of human existence. Mm-hmm. So you could almost build like a cult around nuclear things that would propagate a mythos about a dangerous thing. Doesn't really matter what shape it takes, but that symbol would like be the symbol of evil. And so that when people would see it, like I think the hy- the, 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 the hypothesis here is imagine there is a nuclear ap- apocalypse, you know, and then 200 years later, right? And so... That's a long time for humans. For when more, someone comes across your storage facility for nuclear waste, they will see it and go, "Oh, this is the devil." Right. And because it's not actually important that people understand what radiation is to know that it's bad. You don't need to understand how it works. Just stay away from it. Just don't go 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 there, you know. And uh that would be enough to reduce the number of people trying it and then the reality of people actually interacting with it and dying would be enough to kind of reaffirm the the suspicion about it that actually would have okay radiation in that sense has a very what has the exact properties you need for something to stick 
as like a, a religious thing mm-hmm. because because it's invisible like that literally like because like, invisible like, like, literally i walked into the ark of the covenant and came out and died a few days later like <laughs> like He's... it's it's that it's i went into the forbidden vault and came out and died <laughs> yeah and you died horrifically in a way that is just un unlike yeah, foreign anything to else. any anything anyone has ever seen yeah yeah you were clearly cursed for going in there. Yeah. Yep. Like that's what it would look like. Perfect. Yep. And so our religion would be an amazing vessel to prevent more death. You'll still have some deaths, but it's, it's a perfect vessel for this. Um, so that's an example of religious culture is it's a way to propagate memes about things. Um, what we're talking about is I hate, I, I, I hate so very much. People talking about how their religion makes them special and or it it it's kind of the same thing with local culture. Yeah, okay. So your religion doesn't make you special. Most people on earth are religious. And because of the way the statistics works, you are probably part of a very popular religion. Probably. <laughs> so you're not special for being part of it. Right. And, and- all the big world religions willingly accept anyone who would like to be part of the thing because that's kind of how they've been doing forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like an exclusive club that you got access to or something like that. Right. And I guess the the peak thing about uh, maybe all of these things that we haven't just specifically said is just the absolute sheer will and desire for people to demand that these be cultures so that they be respected. Maybe I wouldn't say so about all of them. Okay, but this, this one, one in, in particular, particular, yes, that's a thing. Like, it, it, well, because yeah, re- religion, religion is pious, s- stronger than most other memes. Um, like, okay, there's this. This might be another one to 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 talk about. I guess this kind of falls into a different category that we already have. But um, okay, there are people who use the drugs yes there are that is a um, fact good job sure welcome um, to the, the truth there philosophers and there are people like there are people who just use them there are people who abuse them and there are people who like make it their whole personality um like there's nothing interesting about them and the only thing they want to talk about is the their their next hit or whatever look at you potheads the and, and they're not even necessarily addicted they, they just have nothing interesting about them they're just chronically uninteresting um probably do but they use. they get enjoyment out of doing drugs um so that's yeah it's it's their hobby um like that's yeah so you know religion is is much the same way in that it it not not in that okay well people do use abuse <laughs> religion as well um, and some people do make it their identity and I, I know i was gonna say but but it is like the the thing about religions is it is trying to be your identity yes um like it's it's your identity to the point where people associate you with it from childhood mm-hmm. um because of your parents religion right like 
this is a this is a fun thing that that I, I think it was Christopher Hitchens that talked about this, where, where how how weird it is that we'll we'll associate religions with children who really don't know what any of it's about, and we'll say you know this is a little Christian girl or or, or, or a little Muslim child or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's like they don't know what any of that means. But like imagine if we said look at this little Republican girl, like that's a weird thing to say, but yeah. it's the same. There's nothing really distinct about that. It's just yeah, this is what people believe. <laughs> Well, I mean, but we don't go assigning political identities to little kids because we know they don't know any better. Well, and they can't. They, they, yeah, they physically cannot. Well, and they also don't function that way. This, I think, is the difference, though. Yeah, between, they live in a different world. Yeah. Well, that's not even what I mean. I think, okay, okay most, most places where politics matter, you would need to be an adult to participate. Right. Religion's different. You can participate. How many times, if, and if you've lived anywhere where there's a particularly strong religion that has an emphasis around tracks... I love how they have their own their their own word for that particular type of pamphlet. Um, the number of kids that will run up to you and give you a pamphlet, trying to spread their religion, like mm-hmm. they they're participating. You know, uh, it's it's strange, and and like the number of religions that have rituals that involve specifically children, mm-hmm. especially those that involve mutilating children. Yeah, it's uncomfortable how how much of a meme that is. You know, branding you from the time you're a kid to be in the religion you know um weird it's very strange um i think the biggest thing about this particular topic that we're poking at here we're not looking at the nominal believers the real people that i'm talking about that make their religion a full-on culture are the people who make religion their thing Mm -hmm. annoying like i there's nothing else interesting about them except that they are religious yeah yeah like if i walk into your home and every bit of iconography in your home is religious in nature, I know I'm going to have a bad time. You're the kind of people that will police my speech the moment I start to talk when I say something even mildly out of sorts with what you have to say. These are the people that when I say OMG, they'll be like, oh my gosh, and they'll like kind of say it like that. Like that's what you meant, right? That's what you meant, right? Yeah. You know, hey, we're going to pray before we eat okay you go you right are, ahead yeah and then but here comes the outstretched hand that i now have to hold and while i bow my head have you ever had that happen to you no I, I've, I've held hands while praying before but this is when i was still yeah but have you ever had that happen like with or, strangers no never with strangers that's, yeah. that's weird to me that was a thing that happened to me it's very odd Hmm. but but here's the thing i would react to that it was very weird because i was it was a a a guy i knew in in college and he wasn't like that but when i went to i went to visit his folks with him like i think that's just how they did it yeah that is just how they do and when in rome you do as the romans do and i and don't be wrong the concept wasn't foreign to me i've seen people do this i've had certain family members that were like that but still i it was weird to me that i was like welcomed into the circle immediately and they assumed that I was a part of that group. And I feel like I would have been treated very differently if I wasn't, you know, and these are the people that wear like religious jewelry or they have bumper stick. If you have a, that's the main thing. If you have a bumper sticker about any of the things we're talking about on this list, you're the problem. You are a part of the problem. Stop. Get, get help. Stop being so self-important. Yes. Um, but yeah, so it's super annoying, dude. And like, I hate seeing in my YouTube feed videos like, when is it okay for a Muslim woman to be seen without her headscarf? It's like, I don't care. Literally cannot yeah, care Yeah, literally less. anytime actually is my answer because yeah. 
I don't care about your headscarf. <laughs> exactly. But but the, the fact that the video title was when is it appropriate? And then they're going to tell me as if it matters to me and as if I can't have my own opinion about it. Like, that's the other thing about it. Well, too, yeah, yeah. Really as, if, as if I should be concerned when I see a Muslim woman without her headscarf in the wrong context. Who? And it's like, I'm not here to enforce your rules that I don't even believe are legit. Like, <laughs> well, it's also a similar thing about the local too. Like it, Okay, actually, I think this is another thing that applies to a lot of these. Um, if I have something bad to say about New Yorkers and the city of New York, anyone who's ever been there will stand up in their defense and say, well, you're not from there, you don't know. Or you're wrong because you're not one of them. Yeah, that's just gatekeeping. And they can oh, get bent. Get bent. Religion the same way. Um very similar to religion because I do feel like they get conflated a lot sometimes conveniently by the people who are members of both of these things. Racial culture. Yes. Um, I hate the phrase black culture. It is extremely annoying to hear. You... It, well, yeah, because it doesn't exist, by the way. Like, there, that culture exists. The culture people are talking about when they say black culture does exist. It's a terrible descriptor of what but it is. But it's not, yeah, it's not like all black people have that culture. It's not even like all black Americans have that culture. No. It's not even like all black Americans from the same city have that culture. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it is it is literally a stereotype. Yeah. But it's also over-inclusive. Yes. Weirdly. Yes, because there are many black people who aren't Americans at all, so they wouldn't have that culture. Because, yeah, because anyone, anytime someone says black culture, they mean a certain black American subculture. Right. And you, the fact that you would even dare to ask me which one, bigot, um, right. <laughs> like, it's a test. Um I think there's two particular of these cultures that get conflated with the religious culture, Arab culture, which again, gross oversimplification. Yeah. Yeah. As if they're just one group. <laughs> Why not? There's a reason they're in perpetual war with each other. It's because they don't think alike. <laughs> right. But to the West it's yeah, you're all roughly this shade of Brown. So, and you're all Muslim good enough. Yeah. All, all conflate, you know, that's how it is. Um, and then, the exact n not that but also present there jewish culture mm -hmm. is another one because th and these are things where there is a a racial i guess element and a religious element there's just really heavy overlap that's yes. the thing there's so heavy overlap that people just conflate the two groups yeah right um so if you if you make your whole identity about like your perceived race, uh, you're annoying. Like I hate again. It. Yeah, you have nothing interesting about you. <laughs> and I'm gonna go one step further. White people do this too because I think they do. First of all, the fact that I even said white people tells you that I'm doing it right now. Right. If anything, um, but they don't do it with their religion. It's often their local culture or their their historical local culture, mm -hmm. right? How many white people do you know that love to tell you they're 23 and me? Like I'm X percent German, X percent Irish, oh, X percent British. Who cares? Who cares? You've who never cares? been to those places. <laughs> yeah. And like, have you even been there? First of all. And you know, who's most annoyed by those things? The people who actually live there now. Right. Like the number of Irish people that. Yeah. Get, I was literally just about to say Irish. Yes. Absolutely furious about american saint patrick's day oh my lord oof take any irish person to boston and just watch them cringe to death with all of the irish iconography everywhere yeah you know the fight in irish notre dame duh this is the most irish place ever because notre dame is in ireland right 
You know what I mean? Like it's just stupid stuff like that. Bring lots of Guinness. Um, Bring lots of Guinness. That's what the Irish drink. That or whiskey. You want me to put some whiskey in your coffee? Wink nod because you're Irish. Yeah. (laughs) Ugh. Ugh. No one cares. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it to the point, like, and again, you see gatekeeping with these things too. The number of times I have invited people over because I was making tacos. And they had to go out of their way to let me know that those weren't real tacos. And I had to let them... I don't care. Yeah, and I, had, I was like, oh, those aren't real tacos. Yeah, and you're not really invited, so get out. Go away, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not the point. And then people will go so far as to say that I should never make tacos because they're not... I should not call those things tacos because they're not real. I was like, who cares? You do not okay, have a monopoly I, I only on have food. one one place where I agree with this. And uh, that is because I have been to, to places that will serve the, uh, the Greek uh, euros. But have, but because whiteies don't know, uh, we say whiteies. I'm gonna say whiteies. Uh, I'm fine with it. Because whiteies uh, <laughs> don't know how to uh, don't don't know what words mean uh, about foreign foods. Um, called them Mediterranean tacos. Oof. They are just objectively wrong about that. Those are not tacos. Um, yeah. Even though they kind of are, but <laughs> that's different. That's not cultural. That's just being objectively just wrong. wrong. <laughs> I'll have two gyros, please. I would rather I would rather people just say it wrong, but at least it's the right word, even if they're not saying it Can right. Can I have a Greek kebab and a wrap, please? Yes. Oh wait, that's actually descriptive. But anyway, not the point. Um, yeah, annoying. You're not. You, you are not your race. Fun, fun fact about those, by the way. So, okay, what what is the traditional meat that goes in euros? Lamb. No, actually. That's what Americans decided was the traditional meat that goes in, and, and, and I will contend it is the best one. But no, beef, actually. Very boring. Hmm. I checked the GDP charts, and I think it's lamb. So, yeah, it is. Uh, um, <laughs> when Greek bails themselves out next time, they can say whatever it is. The country of Greek. The country of Greek. When Greek bails itself out... <laughs> the only reason we bailed you out is because we got you confused with an oil byproduct. Because he's like, yeah, we're from Greece and some oil. Ex- no, I'm just kidding. That's too deep of a meme. Well, yeah, sorry. Um, uh, so yeah, let's walk down the list of offenders to get to one that I think is maybe more common these days. Um, the political cultures. Yes. Why? By the way, I've noticed you've not dyed your hair blue yet. Why is that? Yeah. Just as an example. As an example, yes. Hmm. Yeah, people who believe that people should have the freedom to do what they want in the privacy of their own bedroom have a culture. <laughs> Why is there a culture for this? Yep. Yeah. It, the, okay. It, 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 it is. It is not surprising, but it is annoying how much I can predict about your political beliefs based on the way you dress and, and doing stuff like dyeing your hair and things like that. Actually, let's, why, let's, why, let's... why can I predict your political beliefs based on that? Hold on. I, I shouldn't f- be able to. I feel like we need to prove this. Now we have not worked this out before beforehand. Okay. This mm-hmm. is ad hoc. Okay. So we did the blue hair one, right? Yes. What do flannel shirts typically mean? You cut trees. Um, mm, okay. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me make it a little bit easier then um blue shirts yellow ties backpacks okay who's that 
I don't know that specific combination, actually. Really? They never knocked on your door? I, I knew it was going to be someone who knocks on my door, but I don't remember which one that's supposed to be. <laughs> Those are Mormons, wrong. Okay. Um, no, Mormons are, are white shirt, right? White or blue. I've, I've seen both. Not Black important. Tie, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, so next one. Um, although that's funny. Uh, red ties. Red ties. Who's a red... If you see a guy in a suit and a red tie and, a, and an American flag pin oh, on geez. his lapel... What's his political affiliation? Political affiliation? Yeah. What's his political culture? Probably. Conservative. Oh, for sure. Yes. Um, The next one is uh, red, white, and red, white, or blue, or any combination thereof, of tightly knit plaid shirts, like Sunday shirts. Um, And I can't do this one. I was going to say the Tucker Carlson haircut, but that just kind of gives it away. You know, uh, I feel like there's an alt right haircut, the the like kind of pompadour look these days. That's one. Is that a thing? I haven't picked up on that. Actually, that's, that's kind of a thing. There's a Fed look, but that's not the same. Yeah, that's not really a political culture. That's just. I mean, arguably though, that's a corporate culture, which we're gonna get to uh, later. We'll get to later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, here's an easier one, I guess. Che Guevara t-shirt. Ooh. Yeah. Or any t-shirt with a red star on it, really. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tanky. A tanky. Yeah, so it, it's sad. Or just a very politically ignorant person. Oh, yeah. But, it's but still... those are the same thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, that did not go as well as I thought it would. But I need to actually prepare these next time. Yeah. That's That would be a good roadshow idea. Just to go around and ask people, like, guess this person's political affiliation. <laughs> just based on a picture of them. Just based on a picture of them. Um. And if their answer is that stereotyping, cool. Thank you. Never mind. I'm, I'm I now know yours. You passed the it, test. You just like I'm in the background. Just take a Polaroid of them and be like, we're putting this one on the board. <laughs> like, next. Um, but yeah, political culture is such a annoying one too because I feel like it's, it's also has to do with like the over importance around very obscure politics as well well that's the thing right and that and because there are these cultures you end up with like and the reason okay there's a reason that i can predict like 90 percent of your political beliefs based on the way that you dress and and stuff like that it's not just i can predict one thing that you believe it's most of the thing why is there such heavy overlap between completely disparate issues right yeah like how come okay, we'll, we'll go back to the 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 gay rights thing it's like how come i can predict that okay based on the way you dress i can predict your opinion on gay marriage or or any other lgbt thing right um but i can also predict your opinion on abortion and i can also predict your i can probably predict your opinion on firearms like these are completely unrelated things and I was going to say, these tend to be more Americanized, but weirdly, no. Yeah, less so these days. Especially the the blue hair color one. Like, yes. It, the internet has done a great job of taking things that have nothing to do with other countries' politics and making Oh, and them. socialism. Yeah. That's another thing that has nothing to do with any of those. Yeah. Yeah, just, it's so annoying. And and and, and again... And I, yeah, but it, this culture exists and reinforces itself, right? It's like... And I, I've seen it happen to people where they they will like have they'll have like a personal reason to have an opinion about one of these, right? Mm-hmm. And that brings them into that in group 
and then I I have watched their views on all the other things fall into step with everyone else in that culture. And it's like, you're not thinking for yourself anymore. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, I not think, to say that anyone who believes any of those things doesn't think for themselves. It's the fact that you slipped into a culture and then that changed all your beliefs to fall in line with the group. Right. That's why I know you're not thinking for yourself. Yeah. Well, I feel like that has to do with, it's both, it's, you're being pushed in both directions, right? I feel like, so let's go with the blue hair group. Um, if if you're unwilling to, if you disagree with them about one thing, they won't accept you even if you agreed on all the others, probably. Mm-hmm. But the other group that you would be, you know, the, the Tucker Carlson haircuts, because you disagree with them, even though you agree with them on 90% of things, but because you don't agree on the other one, you get outcasted. And because these two groups take up a critical mass of the space and humans want to belong to a tribe, we will make sacrifices on some of the things that, that we either do not, the most common, we don't really have strong opinions on. Sure. And then at the worst, we'll take a couple of things that we do have opinions about and beliefs about and just swap them to preserve the other beliefs that we are feel more strongly about or have more of an overlap with. And that to me, I think is the most pernicious thing about that, about political culture. Um, I do think there's a bit of a broader political culture beyond this that, that includes these people, but people who only ever talk about politics and are addicted to news cycles about politics uh-huh. and know and know the particular stats about who's running for which congressional district that they don't live in. Yeah. Those people are also annoying. But that's, I think, overlapping a bit with the uh, corporate culture almost Okay, as well. So let's just go to that one. Okay, corporate culture. Now, this is probably one of the least offenders in here, but honestly is the most annoying to me as well. So by the way, every corporate culture is the same also. Yes. Um, um, yeah, your particular... And by the way, having a ping pong table is not culture. Um, <laughs> although it would be preferential to your company culture. Yes. Um... Okay, let's talk about... Okay, I think anyone who's ever worked at a company for any significant period of time and has experienced a change in upper-level management or leadership, one of the first things they do is disrupt the company culture. I'm really glad that has not happened at my company, even though it has changed management multiple times in my tenure here. Yeah. I've seen that happen. And, oh my lord, if you want to be an absolute shyster guru and get paid fact stacks convince a ceo that you have concocted the perfect formula for the good things insert list of good words here that have overlapping meanings and don't actually mean anything in a company synergy (laughs) um (laughs) let me just throw that one out there all you have to do is convince them and it's it's so strange i've witnessed this at different levels but i've witnessed and it's also a very religious feel sometimes yes like, there's a guy at the front of the room. He's dressed like a pastor. I was going to say he's preaching. Yeah. He, yeah, he's <laughs> he's preaching his style, and it's got a lot of charismatic elements to it. And I don't know what it is about powerful business people being the biggest idiots on the planet when it comes to this stuff and buying into it. And then they can sell it to them for free, but then turn around and charge tons of money to have their whole country company try to be indoctrinated into it. Yes. All, up until the point where you're involving, like I think company cultures are counter to their purpose because they almost all promise the same thing, a better work environment for more productive people. 
but they literally do the opposite. They make a more, they give, they give the talking points, they give ammo to the people to disrupt the work environment. And they make the focus no longer about the task that is why you're all even here in the first place by consuming your time with learning a bunch of things that don't help you do your job any better, really. And the, and it's the perfect out for like that a lot of religions have, which is, hi, are you doing the this method at your job? Are you doing the agile method? Oh my God. And if the answer is like, yeah, we tried it, but it didn't work. Oh, you probably just didn't do it right. right. Same way. It's like, hey, are you are you feeling any better? No, I guess you didn't pray hard just enough. Just didn't pray hard enough. Yeah, didn't you know, believe. It's the same thing. I hate it. And I'm going to say it here in my thesis on this. The best company culture is no company culture. Right. As I have said many times, whenever I whenever I talk about business and like people's relationship to their coworkers and stuff like that, it's like, dear, dear colleagues, we have all gathered here today with a common goal to make money. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> Anything that is not in service of us making money is a waste of company it, time and a waste of money. Yes, we are we are losing money by doing that. And that is not to say that we should all show up and, you know, like work like slaves, right? And and you know, ruin the rest of our lives trying, you know, in service of making money here, right? There there's definitely a trade-off of quality of life versus the maximum amount of money we could possibly get. Sure. But and that's also not to say that you can't like make friends with your coworkers and things like that and do but but like it's not default. And it doesn't need to be mandated from management. Yes. Like management has no, like the company culture is the culture of the people who work at the company. Yes. Not something the manager decides is going to be the company culture. Yep. The only place where management has any say in the company culture is if you have, if you have a big enough company and you start getting some of the nastier aspects of like natural culture of like clicks, yeah. right? Where you start having people that have like their own, their own groups that kind of hate the other groups that could be counterproductive that but that again that's counterproductive to the thing we've all gathered here to do making money we're all on the same team and when we start acting like we're not on the same team that is actually a problem that management needs to step in and fix because if we're fighting against each other well we're competing and we're going to lose money by doing that yeah um but that's yeah that's like the only time but <laughs> but if you want to find a great way to wait like the p I think one of the best ways to just really separate the time wasters and the people that probably don't even need to work at a place to for money reasons is to introduce a new company culture and then make a meeting about like make the first three meetings mandatory and then have the fourth be optional. Everyone who shows up to that fourth meeting is fired is fired because <laughs> they are the people who would much, much rather not do their job and waste time. I need that to start, is actually a genius. We need to start our own like company culture, like, self-help guidebook essential oil that like um <laughs> teaches this and then we come into a company as consultants and just lay off half the staff because they get excited about company culture stuff because like oh here's a great way for me to not do my job and but be doing what the company wants me to do you know i hate that attitude so much you're fired and i just saved this company so and i delivered on my promise of the company culture saving the company a bunch of money yep <laughs> And, uh, and that's got a lasting change too, because everybody who did show up to those first three meetings is going to see that and be like, oh, I'm not biting again. Like, the great way to break the habit too, because now everyone's super skeptical of any, any movement to change the company culture. It's like, mm, I mm -hmm. could get fired if I participate in this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing it. Um, 
let's run through the like short if we're running out of time god this has been a, wow this has been a very fast hour it has let's go through some of these other ones so we have a broader we're gonna leave brand culture off because that one's i think really niche yes um we have gamer slash hobbies yes hobby cultures so i think we picked gamer out specifically because it is kind of becoming its own culture largely because i think of how synonymous it is with online culture yes and online culture is too broad to call a thing really because it's especially now that most people only go to one of four websites ever so my impression of gamer culture from i i I was once a gamer you still are kind of i would i would still say you fall in that group personally i i am a sideline appreciator of video games these days um but anyway um my impression of gamer culture is that it is like it's like early internet culture but it has persisted Mm -hmm. there obviously are lots of new things that have that have made their way in uh through common experiences as new games have come out and things like that but it it still carries a lot of memes from the old net yes i feel like the old net culture well and i think it's because games persist for the original reason they were created so like let's talk about some of the oldest gamer cultures that existed so I think the three that I would pick on in particular are like, um, I forget the exact name of them, uh, arena shooter culture. So these would be things like Quake. Um, I, I'm going to say MOBA culture is pretty old, but there's a it, it, it's an offshoot of an even older culture, which is like tactical game culture. And then there is like casual game culture. I think those are like maybe how I would, in my taxonomy, that's how I would start it all out. Right. Um, So arena shooters, this is like Quake, which evolved to CSGO, which evolved to Overwatch, you know, Halo, arguably. TF2. TF2. Yeah. All of these things. And what makes all of these things, what attracted people to things in the first place is, this is a hyper competitive zone of individual skill. Yep, individual skill. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that has made this persist is nobody wants to play a game where everyone receives a trophy at the end. No. I, leaderboards. I want to be at the top of the leaderboard. Leaderboards. Yes. I want to be able to expel vitriol to these plebeians that are worse than me. Who think they can challenge me. Yeah. Yes. And. <laughs> A lot of internet culture came from that. And and it's the same in tactical game culture, but different. It might be more team-oriented, but the big difference there is macroing or macroing maximizing out your tactics because there is a mathematically objective best way to play the game at a given meta, right? It does not you know, once you hit the skill ceiling, we don't want luck to matter. We want mechanics to matter. What does your farm look like? What does your ergo look like? You know, like what are, you know, there's all these words, mm-hmm. but the whole point is we all, everybody sitting down that actually plays this seriously knows there's only one right way to play this game. There's a mathematically provable best way to play this game. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, there's a mathematical rock, paper, scissors way to play this game. Right. And, and, if two, and two people of equal skill can join a lobby. And as soon as they see what pre- what predetermined factors did you select? Like what character did you pick? What army did you pick? What faction did you pick? And I can look at what faction I picked. If we're both highly ranked, 
you will see so many games of high level players who will start the game, see what the other person picked and immediately surrender because they don't even want to waste the time. They're like, nope, he objectively has better of this, this, and this than I do. Right. The odds are so stacked against me. It's not even worth trying. Yeah. Right. Like he did the meta pick. I did, I did a meta pick. He did the exact meta counter pick and I, I will lose because I'm assuming that we have equal If we are skill. both at high skill, yeah. And the fact that a leaderboard exists to let me know that we both are, I'm not even going to waste my time. I know that... You see this in card games, too. Like, I don't know about you. You played a little bit of Magic. A little bit. Not that much competitive Magic, though. Right. But I think if you played it long enough, you, you may know this already. There are certain decks where as soon as they play that first card... Or as soon you, as I see blue, you're like, yep. I'm cool. sweating. <laughs> yeah, you, you sweep because even though there's tons of RNG going on in the draw... You know that, like, oh, this person's deck is hand down built to counter mine. I am too slow for this deck. You know, um, that's the way I felt when I played artifact decks and people were throwing red cards out on turn one and hitting me for four. And I was like, cool, I'm just going to scoop because your deck is just faster than mine. I would I would have to wait for RNG. I'm going to lose before win. I get online. Yeah. Yeah. I will have to <laughs> wait for RNG to have a chance. Not even fun, you know. Um, and then normie kind of casual gamer culture is way more social, I feel like, in a I'm I'm almost said positive way, um, but it's just different. And I would say these are the like Farmville slash um, Stardew Valley types where it's not about aggroing out; it's about literally wasting time together. I was gonna say hardly a game, yeah, hardly even a game. Um, but yeah, but the the thing is that the things that make each of those games fun exist today, just mm-hmm. like they did then. They're different skins; they're different things. League of Legends actually still persists, but we don't have Quake, but we have Apex. We may not have arena shooters, but we have battle royales now. But it's the same thing at the so end the of the thing, day. The thing that that made me make my comment about the old net in particular, one one particular meme has, has stuck around from the old net, which is that there are no girls on the internet. True. Um, <laughs> um, and not not sticking on that for for too long, but to explain that meme, and now, now that's not to say that it hasn't. Uh, that's not, that's not to say that it's, it's the best meme to, to still stick around. Uh, it, it definitely, it innate that meme for all the good it does enables some bad behavior today. Yep. But the, the origin of the thing is like, okay, okay. Well, the reason this is an old net thing is because back in the day we had text chat. Um, and so we, yeah, we had text chat and like forums. So you never got to see anyone on the other side of the screen or even hear their voice. So anytime someone came and said that they were a girl, they were trying to get attention or you had to assume so because all the thirsty internet boys just, (laughs) that's all they care about. Um, uh, Because they've, they've never even seen a woman before. Um, Here's my chance. Now's my chance. Right. I found my future wife. So then people, people, people see that pattern enough times and they get real jaded. And so anytime that, that appears, it's like, "Mm, you're not, you're not really a girl. There are no girls on the internet. Um, girls don't care about the internet. Right. So I'm just not going to even believe you. Um, and there is another meme adjacent to this that I'm not going to repeat. Um, Fair. But yeah, uh, it's like that That meme essentially boils down to, okay, if that's what you're here for, then do it. Um, huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. So uh, yeah, and so that, that persists to this day. And that, that yeah, I think that, you know, I, I don't know if I have a strong opinion on whether that meme needs to go from from uh, from gamer culture or not. But anyway, um, I, I found I find it interesting that that in particular, and I, and I think some other things along those lines survive from the old net culture mm-hmm. by way of games for some reason. Um, 
anyway, but okay. So we we have we have now reached time. Um, oh, but there's one more we've got to go into. That's my least like my least favorite of this subcategory. Okay, fine. Anime culture. Oh dear. I'm. I think the word weeaboo is not used enough. I don't know if it's derogatory anymore, or I don't know if it's derogatory now. It used to kind of. It be. definitely used to be. I don't know if it is or not. It. it the weird obsession. I think if you call somebody else a weeaboo, it's derogatory. Yeah, but they people call will also say it about themselves. Let me put it this way: If you have uttered IRL unironically the phrase "ooh woo," stop it. Get some help. Get some help. I, I blame them for furries. I was gonna say I don't even know if I associate uwu with uh, with anime culture. Oh, I do. I mean, th- there's overlap. Yeah, they started it. <laughs> I, I guess that's probably true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with appreciating a particular animation style, especially one that's very alien to your culture. And the real reason most people, I think, are really enjoying anime that brings very adult elements into things that remind them of nostalgic childhood in a weird kind of Oedipal way. Yeah. Which, it's cartoons for grownups. Yeah. Which, again, nothing inherently wrong with cartoons for grownups. No. But the problem is, is when you get lost in the sauce of your nostalgia and you want to start acting like a child. Yeah, that's weird. That's when it gets weird. Yep. That, that to me, is like the hard stop. And the fact that people think that it's perfectly acceptable to try to have freaking Yu-Gi-Oh hair in real life. <laughs> come on. I think that's what makes anime culture the worst is that anime as a medium exists in a way that only anime could. You can do things in animation you can't do with real actors. Right. That's yeah. That's what's great about it. Yes. It, that's why it's great that that's why cartoons for adults are great because you get all the freedom of animation, but without the, the, the shackles of, Oh, this is for kids. Right. But the problem is when people try to then do the real anime. Yeah. And, but it's anime like, like children's cartoons has tropes um and its own like memes within itself and like self-referential stuff yeah that does not correlate to the real world at all but it's just like it's it's the canon but then people think that the canon is real yeah it's like people who get their sex education from experiences online oh, I'll, I'll phrase it that way oh it's like lord you don't know that stuff's real right <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah okay i think we're hitting it this i think is, i think we've, we've, we've hit the hour so so okay to 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 circle back to why we were talking about these things these are all cultures that we think shouldn't exist well okay i won't i won't go so f- okay they should not be cultures right that's the key thing all these things can exist that's not a problem but they should not be cultures. And specifically, what we mean when we say that is, this should not become such a fundamental part of your identity and dictate how you group yourselves as humans. Right. Well, I just said that like I was an omniscient alien. Like, this is yes. not how group humans group themselves. We should not be grouping ourselves by creating cultural exclusion zones for these things. And that being said, I don't, I'll even go so far to say that for some of these things, there's nothing wrong with like people getting together to share the hobbies and the things that they, yeah. they like. But the moment you decide you, you change your beliefs or you start using this to judge other factors of your life beyond the hobby, you gone too far. Please come back. 
And these are inherently subdividing factors of humanity, which we don't need. Right. Philosophers. Philosophers. If you like the music in this episode, please check out Jippy on Bandcamp at jippy.bandcamp.com. Philosophers is supported by viewers like you. If there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a topic you'd like to see revisited in the future, please let us know by contacting us using the methods in the description, or in the comments below. Thank you for listening.